Aloha, everybody, and welcome back to the Love Pod, or Lion of Vienna <laughs> podcast, as we like to call it. I'm Dennis Chase, managing editor of the Lion of Vienna Suite blog on the SB Nation network, and I am here with Dan Murphy. Hello there, everyone. I was not expecting that, Dennis, in the slightest. And Lee Tennant. Hi there, people. You okay? All right. So, we're going to look back at the last week in Bolton Wanderers football, and we're going to start out with the epidemic of late goals that we've been giving up, culminating with the 94th minute winner that Blackburn scored against us during the week. Dan, what's the problem here? I really don't know. It's quite bad, isn't it, with how we've been going and we just seem to not be able to grind out games anymore. We've lost something. It's either... I can't put your finger on it, can you? Because it's either the mentality, it just isn't tough enough to grind out these results, or um, the players aren't fit enough. And I don't want to accuse any of the players of those things, because they are like pretty basic things, aren't they? But when you see it, it's no longer coincidental, is it, that this keeps happening? So there must be something going on. What do you think, Dennis? I think you've got to look at the manager, actually, and that was a bit unpopular yeah. when I said it this week. I mean, yeah. you know, is there something that can be changed tactically, something that's going on in those last few minutes? Um, you know, maybe it's bringing on an extra defender. Uh, mm. Maybe it's bringing on another holding midfielder. Uh, I... They're all on loan, though, aren't they? The old <laughs> as well, gone. Yeah, it's weird, don't it? How it's just how it just keeps happening. I think obviously we're going to go on to the uh, Millwall game later. But when we were, t- I think it's because we're just not scoring enough. Maybe that's a problem because against Millwall we were comfortable in the end, being two 0 up, and we weren't worried at all. But when we're level or just a goal up, we just seem to panic all the time, and obviously it leads to late equalisers or winners. I think it's um, it's game management as well, isn't it? A lot of the time, and it's just. You know, you can keep the ball in the corner for as long as you can. The referee's going to give the inevitable foul against you because you're holding it up. And mm. it's if you look at the goals in isolation, we've conceded late. James Henry's was just a ridiculous strike. They're always going to be able to yeah. shoot from 30 yards. That you know, you can't stop that. Um, Rhodes isn't being marked from a corner. That's criminal, as Lennon yeah. pointed out. Um, I can't really. I can't really remember the, the actual other goals. The Coutinho one. Yeah, again, it's a bit of a bit of a wonder strike. He's curled that up and over on yeah. and after bar. They're not actually really, really sloppy goals. There's just probably yeah. a bit of bad luck. Just it just happens sometimes, I think. And you just it's not. If you, you've got to look at the goals in isolation as well. Yeah, it's a good point. We are a few of them have been really good goals, but and it's just I think the Jamie Mackey one though. And you look at that, the defending for that was poor. Like Bannon didn't yeah. pressure. Bannon didn't pressure the midfielder, then David got too tight, and he's not been seen since. So there's a good no, chance that probably knee. killed him. Yeah, knee injury apparently, hasn't he? But I think that's translation for have a few games off Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, hopefully um, part of the solution to that problem will be our new on-loan defender, Mr. Paddy McCarthy. Lee, you, As recommended uh, by Tony Pulis. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, you rated him pretty highly after Blackburn in your player ratings. What did you see? I, I just saw a player who was like just willing to give everything to the cause. Really, he just looked like he he'd been, you know, our captain for ten years or something. You know, he came in straight away, and I, I commented to my friend. Unfortunately, I think I just mentioned that before. I sat with my Blackburn end, so that's obviously a disgraceful act. But um, so I had to clap Rogers last minute winner. But um, you know, when when I saw McCarthy. His first half hour just impressed me so much that I just thought, look, this is the leader we've been missing since Craig Dawson, um, the guy at the back. Weeter does it to an extent, but he's still a bit clumsy, isn't he? Whereas McCarthy, if he were worried he was going to get you know get dispossessed, he'd just bang it out of play. And the worst that can happen, if well, the worst thing that did happen was Tommy Spur banging a long throw in every two minutes after that. But, you know, McCarthy just looked the part. He just looked the part for me. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I do agree. I think he's come in, and I wasn't expecting him to start straight away, but obviously David's picked up an injury, so he's had to. And I think he's looked, like you say, he's looked like he's been here for years. He's a real leader, and I saw it. I'm sure we'll move on to it again quickly, but in the 
recently played Millwall game when they went through um, for the chance that Amos had to save. He was barking at Mills and Vela for messing up, and he yeah, just to tell that well. he's a leader. Yeah, we've yeah. we've missed a player with that type of experience for a while, and I'm quite happy to sign him. And as you say, yeah. he's completely no nonsense. Um, when he's limited on the ball, yeah, but he's no messing. Just kick it out and then re um, set yourself, and you'll be fine. And I do really like him actually. Exactly. I mean, I think you don't need to at this level. You don't really need a ball playing centre half. I think you just need him to be tidy. Mills gave the ball away twice yesterday uh, with stupid diagonal passes that that could have led to goals if we weren't as if we were playing a better side. And McCarthy wouldn't have done that. He'd, he'd have chips it forward. You know, we might have lost possession that way, but he won't take unnecessary risks. And you don't need that as a centre half. He's exactly the type of player we need. Um, and I imagine he's not going to cost an awful lot of money. He's thirty-one. Um, I don't know if you know, but he's, he lost sort of the last couple of years to injury, and it was a, yeah. something to do with his pubic bone, which is a bit odd, which I read. But um, you know, hopefully he'll be quite cheap, you know, to, to, to yeah. coming in the summer. It makes me think of the way you're talking about him a little bit. Actually, makes me think of um, Tal Ben Haim, where I remember he actually okay. he had some skill on the ball, and he would play the ball sometimes. But I remember he would. If there was any danger at all, or any chance of danger, he would just hoof it into row Z. He wasn't oh, yeah. messing around. Do, it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think you need that. Especially when you've got maybe some other shaky defenders around you. Mm. I think it's safe yeah. to say he's easily the best number 54 Bolton I've ever had. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Indeed. excellent. But all right, I think that, uh, that about sums things up from Blackburn. So... In just a minute, we'll get on to the uh, more recent match against Millwall. Thanks, guys. No worries. No problems. We're back again, folks, and we've been joined by our good pal Chris Manning here on the pod. Hello. Hello. And now we're going to move on to the Millwall match this weekend. A somewhat unimpressive 2-0 win. Um, hopefully most of you read my immediate reaction to the game, where I talked quite a bit about the young players coming through, notably Tom Walker, who was given his full debut yesterday, and in the comments thread there was a little bit of controversy about the level of his performance. Chris, what did you think of young Mr. Walker? Uh, hi, Dennis. Sorry, lads. Everyone listening, thank you for coming back to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. I knew you couldn't resist coming back. First of all, just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers out there. Love to all your mothers. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, sorry, I've added half a pint. Uh, Walker, very impressed. I must say, um, I didn't quite follow the logic of the, the lad in the comment section about how they, he looked afraid. I thought he quite the opposite, actually. I thought he, he was pretty fearless. He wasn't afraid, afraid to try and take a man on, he wasn't afraid to try a, a nice little trick or two, uh, and I think that sort of bravery is welcome, especially from somebody making their debut. I, I, I can think of uh, certain members of the first team who've been around for a long time who probably wouldn't have that kind of confidence. Um, the only point I would make is I would have liked to have seen him maybe play on the opposite wing, using his ability to cut inside to, to greater effect. I don't know how good he is on his right foot. I don't remember him using it particularly much at weekend. Um, but I think that's something we could maybe look at in the future. And we all know how thin our squad is. So if we can have more versatile players in the side, then, then all the better. We can chop and change, move things around. Happy days. And it's just good to, to just good to know that we've got these days. We've we've got three three academy graduates breaking into being first team regulars. I mean, with Vela, Clough, uh, and possibly Walker as well. I don't ever remember us having three in a season. I think it's fantastic. What do you think about that, Dennis? Well, I guess we're we're not counting Max Clayton as an academy graduate. I guess he came over a bit more recently. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. We, we'd have a we'd have a tough job claiming Clayton since he uh, as he graduated from somewhere else. Yeah, but another young. But player. we can try. Yeah, we can call it four. Let's call it four. That sounds better. Let's call it four. <laughs> And Can we Janko Janko good as well? Johnson. Yeah, we'll claim Janko, good Johnson, anyone, anyone. <laughs> I think I don't really, I don't really care which academy they graduated from, but if they're under twenty-five and a good player, then I'm very happy to have them. 
Hey, we, we, we've got players all the way up to, what, 36, 37, so let's not leave the bar so low at 25. It could be 45 for all I care, as long as they play well. <laughs> Fair enough. Dan, what did you think of the match? I thought, it was a, as you say, it was a bit of a scrappy game, but at least we came for it and didn't, as we said before, didn't concede a last-minute goal again. But it was all right. I thought, say with Walker, as you said, um, a guy in the comments was saying he was quite afraid. I think the, I think the opposite to what you two think. I think in the first half he was a little bit tentative. At times he'd choose to pick the short pass first instead of going running at the players. But in the second half he grew into the game a lot and then he did start running at them and he had that one run where he went past about three or four. And even though the shot was a bit of a damp squib, he's he's definitely got potential. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. But um, Do you not think that Pop- Possibly the, um, the the fact that he started off a little bit slowly was the, the difference between reserve team and first team football, the pace. Uh, I, I wondered whether that was an issue at first, the fact that he maybe was a little bit slow to react. But I, I think for his debut, I thought overall he, he was pretty impressive, yeah. Dan. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he did really well, especially when you consider he didn't. He probably didn't know he was starting until an hour before game since he was placing Yanko. Yeah. He did really well. I'm not knocking him. Um, that Lee? But... Sorry, I think it's probably less than an hour because on the team news it was Yanko, wasn't it? So it must have been warm up maybe 20, 20 minutes, half an hour before. So for him to come in in that, you know, to come in there in that sort of scenario, I thought he was thought he did a brilliant job, brilliant job for me. Yeah, he did. Agreed. It's exciting. It's nice that we're uh, we're starting to get all our injuries in the warm up now rather than during the game, which is different. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long along with Walker, I thought a player. I'd who I'm going to have to apologise every time I talk about now because I slated him at first, Bannon. I think, as I was obviously so wrong, he's definitely a Premier League player. And Is he a free agent at the end of the, in the summer? No, no I think he's still got 12 months, 12 months left oh. on his deal, but I totally agree. Uh, along with, uh, with Lafondra, him and Bannon, and even Amos should be equally equal to be top targets this summer. They're exactly yeah. the sort of player we need. Goals, and I don't, someone in midfield yeah. who can pass a ball and a, and a steady, reliable goalkeeper. Yeah. Obviously, they're all going to cost. I mean, I don't know what the tribunal situation is with Amos, but I know his contract is up at United. Um, I, I can't imagine he's on low wages at United. He's probably earning a decent amount. But mm. I think we should definitely be looking at, at trying to get a deal done for all three of those guys, definitely. Yeah. I think he's I old agree. enough where he's out of the tribunal range. Yeah. I think he's yeah, I 24 so. or 25. He's, he's, I, I wasn't so sure, too, yeah. I've done no research for this tonight, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we wouldn't have um, it any other way. Well, uh, I, thought, I think, obviously, we'd all love him. I cannot see us getting LaFondra in any way. He's gonna, I think he's got at least two years left at Cardiff. And didn't he, didn't he spend a fair whack on him in last summer or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, and every time he scores a goal, the chance of them wanting to loan him back to us uh, decreases. And, and the price will probably go up if he did decide to sell. Kind of opposite Joe Mason syndrome, really. Yeah, we I'm do just seem not get- to have a good relationship with Cardiff, though. We keep getting the players in from there, so and then not using him like Mason and McNaughton. <laughs> yeah. Well, they keep getting injured. Well, yeah, true. maybe we need to, we need to. It makes a difference from going to Crystal Palace, anyway. Oh, it's feeder clubs. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that we can give these smaller sides a bit of a helping hand. You know, Cardiff, Crystal Palace. I mean. I probably never heard of these clubs until about five years ago. Yeah, two from Manchester United. We're helping them out. Yeah, yeah well, these mid-table Premier League clubs, they need all the players' progression they can ever get. Well, we did loan them the world-class winger, Kelly, didn't we? So we had to get a couple of players back to that one. So Yeah, you'll never make me understand the truth. The, the story behind that one ridiculous. <laughs> He's another, another graduate, youngster graduate into the team that's... Hopefully he can. I hope he comes yeah. back actually next year. So, so what's that? The last count? That's like what twenty-seven we've brought through this season. It's not bad at all. I mean, going back to the uh, going back to the game at weekend, uh, another one who I thought was uh, particularly excellent myself was uh, was was Lafondre. It's, it's been a difficult few weeks for him. I know he missed a few chances against Watford, two or three one-on-ones that, that in the context of the game could have made all the difference. So it was good to see him. Uh, Scoring goals with such confidence, and he's a natural yeah. goal scorer. Which, for everything Craig Davies brings to the team, the effort, the, the grit, the, the, even the height and the determination, he, he'll never be a goal scorer in his life. And it's a real shame because uh, that's probably the reason why he's stuck around at Barnsley, Bolton, teams like that, rather than making the step up. Because he's a 
he's a physical specimen, but he's just just lacks that cutting edge in front of goal, as uh, as as proven on Blackburn on Tuesday. Um, he's got so four in one, was... one game once. Um, great yeah, he's got four against Birmingham right. in one game. So he, Birmingham. I mean, when he fancies yeah, it, so... he, he might be able. Yeah. He's got it in him, but I just don't think he has it in him often enough. And, uh, yeah, and obviously, like we've already said, the barriers to us signing Lafonga are perhaps a little bit, uh, a little bit insurmountable. But it just goes to show what you what you can do when you've got a proper number nine in your squad. And when did we last have a proper yeah. number nine? It's probably all the way back to Anelka. Sad, yeah. sad situation. What do you think? Well, I was going to say Almanda, but I know you're not a big fan of his. So. Steady on, steady on, steady on. <laughs> you did say that. Do you not see the picture Steinson tweeted today? I, I, I was, I, fortunately for Steinson, I was, uh, I was always occupied at the time. You know, I think the word legend banded around quite a lot. And <laughs> I, I like Steinson. Steinson's a nice guy. Almanda's a nice guy. But come on, in five years, we won't, we won't remember their names. No, no but as you're saying, I think... With Lafondre, he's he has had a rough time. He's been working really hard, and we've just not been getting the service to him. But, but what, what happens when you finally do two excellent balls from Ream and Good Johnson, and he scores two very well taken goals? So if we continue to get the service to Lafondre, he will score more. And I think, as you said, you you were quite happy with a certain Ida's performance on Saturday, weren't you, Chris? Yeah, I mean that, that you just 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 dragged my memory. I mean, I know I only wrote the piece what. 15 hours ago, but that's the way my mind works. I've moved on. But yeah, good Johnson's performance. I thought he was he was imperious. I mean, 36, 37, however old the guy is, give him 10 yards of space and a ball at his feet and, and, a, and a player making an intelligent run beyond him. There's nobody else in the team I'd rather have in that position to to find the man and to guarantee the ball's going to get to the guy at the right time. I, I just think he's he's done everything to, to warrant a new contract as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he can stay on, coach the academy kids, He's an invaluable experience playing all over the world. The man's just sheer class, and I really hope he stays. I mean, well, I know we've not spoken about this yet, Lee, but who would your man of the match have been at weekend? You know what? I think you have to give it to Lafondre, but just just touching on yeah. what you just said about Good Johnson, actually, in the article I've just drafted today, I think he plays like a 30-year-old Good Johnson. He doesn't look like a 36-year-old yeah. playing football. He's got a turn of, He's still got a turn of pace. I can't believe he looked quicker than he was when he was the first day. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> couple of players. He was slow when he was twenty-two, as far as I remember. He, he's got quicker somehow, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just think, like, I totally agree with what you said. It's one of my one of my five things, you know. So which I've talked about. And I think he can play till he's forty. This guy, drop him a bit deeper and have him and have him alongside. He can do the gritty part of the game as well. He'll put his foot in as well. He's just an all-round. Well, he's just an all-round class player, and he and he can't have enough of those really. But um, yeah, man the match, I would have to give it Lafondre because two cool finishes and it won as the game. He's got to be man the match, really, um, for me. But obviously, sorry, Chris, you, you, you chose either, but I'd have gone for uh, okay. it. So, uh, so long as Lafondre's not sending me tweets in the morning, then he can, I don't mind. <laughs> so will be okay. fine. All right, so I think that sort of wraps things up from the Millwall match. Um, a good win, if not a pretty one. And I think we're ready to move on to the next segment. Thanks, guys. If you don't mind me just saying one quick thing. Um, I know last week we, we nominated uh, Amos Man of the Match. Again, I think he could have been a, a quite valid contender as well. Those two yeah. saves from the one and one and one through balls from Millwall has turned, a, you know, a, not a very pretty but very welcome 2-0 win into what would have been a, a fairly fairly disastrous 2-all home draw against a really poor side. So, uh, yeah, so props to Ben Amos, Ginger Power. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I agree. Fair enough. Thanks, guys. No worries. No worries. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little musical break there. Um, in a, a bit of a nod to the American Revolution in 19, uh, 1765, We've swapped roles a little bit here. We've relegated Dennis to that of a mere bystander and the Brits are taking over. We're going to talk about it, about attendances and we're going to talk about atmosphere at the Macron Stadium, which I think we all can agree is pretty poor. Yesterday, we had a crowd of just over 14,500 on, uh, up slightly from the previous week. And there's been a couple of initiatives taken by the club lately, which, uh, which we'll discuss in a little bit more detail shortly. Starting off, uh, Lee, you, you've written about the attendance in your, uh, your five things piece. Um, would you care to uh, to elaborate and, and to let us know what you thought? 
Certainly. Um, it's a difficult one. We're, we're a club sandwiched in between a lot of big clubs, um, and we're never going to get 20,000 in the championship, but we should be getting 17, 18, in my opinion. Um, like, like you say, you just touched on the initiative of bringing you bring a friend for, for a fiver um, initiative and it, it has worked because there's a guy who tapped me on the shoulder who never comes usually and he didn't even support Bolton actually but he, he'd come for a fiver so it, obviously he's working at some point uh, to yeah. some extent but um, yeah it, they've got the fan zone they've got they do offer free travel to away games the club are progressing in the way they do deal with the fans and realising we all need a helping hand money wise um, I think if they offered free booze and free travel there I'd take that up um, from, from Berry, from Ramsbottom um, and you know I'd, have a, I'd probably sing a bit more if I'd had six pints but that's another story um, I don't know exactly what they can do to improve the atmosphere I do think we only have one chant um, or two chants and it's, it's a bit grim but um, you know I think they're doing as much as they can to an extent the club to try and attract people um, at the moment what do, you, what do you think then, Chris? Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, what more can they do? I mean, dropping prices, putting on um, incentives for people to attend. You know, there comes a point where the club's responsibility ends and the supporters' responsibility begins. Um, exactly. I, I was looking at a few uh, looking at a few stats earlier on today, uh, and by earlier on today, I mean while you were just talking just then. Um, our average attendance for this season is only only fifteen thousand two hundred and eighty-two, according to a website soccerstats.com, which I've got absolutely no idea about how accurate it is, but it sounds good. Um, What's Wiggins? Yeah, so Wiggins, uh, according to this, is uh, twelve six one eight. So twelve. Oh, we're beating them. As long so as we're beating them, we're alright. Yeah, and we're we're above Blackburn in the table as well, which is another positive aspect. Really? But this leaves our average attendance at, at being. According to the website, fifty-three point two percent capacity, which you know is, is pretty grim. But I think it's a reflection of the times that we're living in as Bolton fans. We're not doing well, you know. We've got Lennon, great, but you know, the only thing that's going to bring fans back to the club is Premier League football. Let's not kid ourselves on that. Um, there was a really interesting incentive that one, one lad on Twitter brought to my attention last week. Watford. With their new season ticket prices this year, have introduced um, a, a sliding price scale, which actually, and I've never heard this before, is, is, is dependent on how far away from the ground you live. So the further oh, away right. you live, the, cheap, the cheaper your season ticket becomes. And I think it's a really good idea because we've got fans spread all over the place. I mean, you're talking about Ramsbottom. Um, I mean, I used to live in, uh, in Bury just shy of Ramsbottom myself, so I know the distance travel. I live in Preston now, so it's a lot easier. But we have uh, the, the people who yeah. sit in front of me, for example, put the foot by the match. They come from Leeds every single week, and, and I'm sure there are people who come from even further afield than that. So whilst yeah. the, uh, the club are doing what, doing what they can, there always is scope for improvement. Now, with regards to atmosphere, the only thing that's going to improve the atmosphere is winning football matches, and I don't think that's ever likely to change. But uh, before I end up ranting on it for too long, I just want us to know what Dan thinks about that. Well, yeah, I was thinking then when he's going through the different ways how we could like get attendances up and everything. I was thinking we the club is we can't really complain about season ticket prices that much. I was talking about it the other day and I looked it up and the adult season ticket for where I sit um, is I think it's seventeen pound a match and you cannot complain about that in the slightest. Whereabouts? Do you, whereabouts do you sit now? Mine is. Mine is West Stand Lower Knits, the away fans. I know that's not the most expensive seat in place I'm aware, but um, you still can't argue with a price like that, can you? So I'm thinking. No, it's the price. It's the price of going to the cinema, isn't it? It's the price of exactly. going there, going out for going out for a, a reasonably priced meal or something like that. Exactly. So the the only thing that is going to get the re, the Macron Macron seats full again is if we're playing well enough high up the table. Because if you remember. A few years ago, in the heyday of Friedman's reign, the last day of the season against Blackpool, okay. the crowd, was, I wasn't there. Devastating. I was at a wedding, so I couldn't go. But I, I was on the phone. It better have been your own, Dan. <laughs> I'm only 18. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you're leaving it late. If you're from Bolton, you're not married by 18, pal. You're leaving it late. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So success, yeah. success is an indicator. I mean, just referring back to that website, again, the top two teams in the league for attendance. Derby and Norwich. Derby just a shade below 29,000 and Norwich just a tiny bit above 26,000. Now, granted in Norwich, that's probably just three families on a bit of a day out. But success breeds confidence and success breeds interest. 
Or I guess in Norwich's case, success inbreeds confidence. But again, <laughs> I digress. It's, uh, sorry, I've had two beers today, lads. I'm, I'm clearly, I'm clearly not, not, not suitable for this. I don't. Season. I think you're safe. I don't think there's anyone from Norwich listening to this podcast. No, no, no. They've not even got electric down there. So again, let's not kid ourselves. But you're right. You're right. Better football is good to a point. But I, I, I truly believe that we're not going to see anything along the lines of uh, of twenty thousand plus until we manage to get ourselves out of this league, guys. And like we said, like I touched on before, sorry Chris, sorry, um, like I touched right. on before about the um, the fact that we're just surrounded by multiple, multiple clubs and most of them are yeah. playing, well some of them are playing a higher level than us. Look at Norwich and Derby, like, there's not a, not a club around them, you know, for miles. No. I mean, Forest isn't that far from Derby, obviously. But I was just going to say, yeah, except for Nottingham Forest about 10 miles away. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're a one-town t- one club and I said Bolton are True. as well, but... There's a lot of mitigating circumstances, I feel, for the reason why we don't hit the 20,000s in the champ- championship. I don't think the answer is, is to reduce every ticket to a fiver or you know, to, to maybe offer people, as much as it'd be nice, a free pie or something like that. But I just think that we've, we've got to concentrate on getting the on-field product right and then the off-field will follow in turn down there. And I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but would you like to just, uh, just close this segment out by just letting me know what you think? Well, yeah, we just... As you say, it's when we get when we start playing better, hopefully next season after a good summer and we start putting real performances in, the fans will, will come back, hopefully. But can't ask for much more, can you? No, not at all, guys, not at all. Very interesting. I mean, between now and the end of the season, there's not a, a massive amount to play for. I mean, it's not like in the Premier League where you, you receive so many millions of pounds per per high position that you finish. I mean, the championship it's going to be going to be pennies. Let's not let's face reality. But we might be able to afford another Crystal Palace reserve player. Yeah, Absolutely. well, we we can dream, can't we? We, we can dream. Does it, I've heard that they've got a Korean lad on the bench there who, who looks quite promising. I think his name's uh, Chung Chung Yi Long, something like that. But you never know. But do you think there's any chance? Between now and the end of the season, for the club to maybe uh, maybe try a couple of schemes, a couple of, uh, of uh, pilot schemes, perhaps in ways that we can look uh, we can look to make things better for next season. Dan, do you yeah. want to take that first? Um, I think I think the the friend of a fiver one is always a interesting one. It obviously works to an extent, but I don't think there is much they can do really that without annoying all the season ticket holders and mm, doing true. much. The only thing they could do is lower. Maybe just lower the um, you know on the day ticket prices every day because I think one recently was like twenty five quid for like a one off ticket. It's like not many people are going to go for that much. And maybe lower yeah. it. if you lower it a bit, more people go and then more people buy stuff in your country. I don't know, country, you know, buy food and drink and that. So well, that's the payoff, isn't it? Like every penny, every pound you save on the ticket, you might spend on a, on a hot dog or something similar. So it'll all go back in the same pot eventually. I mean, yeah, um, Lee. Lee, have you any have you any any closing thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I, I just, like I say before, really, it's, it's something. You know, I'm not sure the friend for a five thing would work sort of every game because you'd be just despising your mate who's paying twelve, thirteen quid less than you every game. Uh, you'd have to try and split it, and then you look like a tight ass. So, you know, it's one of those really where how many schemes can you do really? I, they do yeah, give a load of free pies away, by the way. They give a whole row away, don't they, most, most half time? That's so true. I saw, they give as many oh, pies. I saw the pie guy under the stand on the, on the, when we played, uh, was it Reading on the Tuesday night, and I was following him. But I think the guy was wise to my stock. So he, uh, he said that uh, if you're not already in your seat, then you can't win, which I was a bit disappointed. I was so home. close to winning it on Saturday, and then they cried. It was my row, my stand, my row, but it was on the other side of the fucking ground. I was in tears. Well, just think, if you'd have made more effort at the dance cam at half-time, maybe you could have won a coffee maker or maybe a year's supply of Mc- McAfee antivirus. But we'll uh, we'll bring that to an end, lads. M- much in the way that uh, at the end of the American Revolution, the British Army under Cornwallis marched to Yorktown, Virginia, where they expected to be rescued by British fleet site sources. Um, but that's just off the top of my head. We'll call that a, a day for that particular segment, and we'll be back after the break with more splendid Vulcan Wonders-based comments. Thank you. All right, folks, this is Dennis. I'm back again with Lee. It's going to be just the two of us now for a more uh, cerebral discussion, I think you might say. Um, We hope. (laughs) We hope. 
Many have noticed in the past week or so that Bolton Wanderers currently have uh, nine players on loan from other clubs. The problem with this is that only five of those players can be used within any game day squad. Um, this problem came to a head against Blackburn when none other than Barry Bannon was dropped from the squad, and he's been uh, a good shout for man of the match in most of the matches he's played. So Lennon really having a problem juggling all these guys, most notably uh, Rachinha, who is supposed to be quite a player when we brought him in from Portugal, but he's yet to see the pitch. So what do you think, Lee? Are we going to see him at some point this season? Well, I hope so. If, if we don't miss him, he's about three foot six in here. But um, I think, you know, he's, he apparently he was the, named the second best or best player of the Champions League youth team tournament last season. And I, know, I can see why Lennon's had to play the bigger names, the more important players. He had to play Amos. That wasn't his fault, he probably wouldn't have been on the bench even and used in the match day squad if we hadn't have had the injuries to Lonergan and Bogdan. You can't blame him to an extent for not using him, but, you know, is I tweeted Bolton Wanderers' official, um, you know, the official Twitter feed, and it said Slavchev was going out talking to youngsters, and I said, what's Virginia doing helping with the bin, you know, the, the bin men? What, what What's he here for, you know? And it's frustrating, because you hear great things about this guy, and he'll probably end up being like Rodrigo, and he'll end up at Valencia playing paying 20 million for him and we could have used him and you know we've never seen the guy so it is frustrating and I think he brought too many loans in but you can see why he's done it and if Gartside or Eddie Davis has backed him you know why not get as many players as you can I suppose and stockpile them like he seems to be doing but what do you think Dennis? I think that's the uh the Harry Redknapp transfer philosophy right? Sign 50 so. of them and one or two are bound to work out Lennon's uh, electric windows obviously work pretty well. <laughs> but I think you, you touched on it. The the Amos thing has actually been a big problem with the injuries. I mean, he's played very well. But when you have to use one of those loan spots on the goalkeeper, that's, yeah. that's a big spot. And then you're down to only four for the Exactly. Yeah, and like you say, about uh, Bannon um, being dropped, you know, because we went with the, well, Lennon, Said, you know, we're going with the more physical, the physical option of Coke. And to be to be honest, if we if they hadn't scored that last minute winner, you'd have said his his decision would have been vindicated on that front because he, he played pretty well, Coke. To be honest, for a debut, and like I said in my article, um, my player ratings, I gave him a decent enough rating. I think six and a half, seven, because he would, he was coming into a team of strangers as a stranger himself, and it, and he put a lot of good challenges in, in that first half and set a, set the tempo and set the tone for us. So it's difficult to juggle everyone. Um, I don't think Bannon was too happy, I've, I've heard, um, about being sort of left out for such a big game. Um, mm. But he, he returned yesterday with a very, very good performance again. Um, do, you know, do, do you believe he's, he's going to be, be reachable to sign uh, Bannon in the summer then? Uh, I think there's a shot. I mean, he's got... Has he got a year left at... At Crystal Palace, I think, I, think. I think I think it's another year. I think they signed him for for three years, a year and a half ago, roughly. So I think he's got another year. But um, he seems to like it here. He likes going to the cinema, Fifty Shades of Grey, and all that. <laughs> and he like he obviously likes the Middlebrook, and he lives at the hotel, and um, been tapping me up for some to get get something rented for him. So uh, you know, I think he wants to stay. I think as a fellow Celt with a uh, Lennon. Um, hopefully yeah. Lennon will make make it so in in the summer. I, I don't though. think he's going to cost a fortune. I think we'll get him for seven fifty. Seven hundred fifty grand will is is ours. Tough though. I mean, Spearing was brilliant on loan and terrible once we signed him permanently. Um, it seems exactly. Um, it's difficult to say in that Spearing just gets the ball and points at people, whereas Bannon actually <laughs> gets the ball and looks forward. Um, see the actual pass to Good Johnson where he got it out of his feet early doors yesterday for Lafondra's second goal. Got it out of his feet early doors. First first thing he thought of, rang it forward. Who, who wants it off me? Uh, he was ahead of me in the pitch, not behind me. Mm. And um, that's the type of play you need in your centre midfield, not someone who, who gesticulates and doesn't know what the hell they're doing most of the time, to be honest. So I think Bannon's a class above sparing in that sense. I don't think we've got much to worry about mm. there. But I think I'd, I'd love to see Rachinha and Slavchev 
get some matches, but I think with uh, Amos, McCarthy, and LaFondra, they're really they're fighting with Jenko for yeah. They're fighting with Coke can't... for what's really two spots that are going to be open. Mm, agreed. I mean, like you say, you can't drop Amos and McCarthy because they're the only reason we kept a clean sheet yesterday through the, through their organisational play and will, and will to actually keep a clean sheet where, where Mills was trying his best to give the ball away and give them a goal. <laughs> so, you know, I think, you, you, like you say, there's, it's just the rules, isn't it? But didn't Watford have about 43 lone players in their matchday squad? every week last season. Now, all of a sudden, we can only have five, which seems a little, a little bit unfair. But uh, Well, the way I understand discussion. it is that the five-player limit applies to domestic loans. Ah, I see. So we just need to buy a foreign club, um, and then we can just play as many as we want. Well, you know, that was one of uh, Big Sam's favorite, favorite ways to do it, was to uh, bring in the international loans. Yeah. But Do you remember really, Dwight Petsarosi? But really, I think if, you know, they might have tweaked the rule a bit more after the Watford debacle last season, because you'd think technically then Rochinha and Slavchev wouldn't count against the five lone players, but apparently they do now. So ah, I, good thinking, yeah. I think there was a change made to the rule this past, this past summer. Well, it's nice to know Watford got away with it, but now that everyone else can't, and it's... Uh, it's good to know that they're looking at one rule for one and another for everyone else. So uh, good on them. But uh, we're just going to have to deal with it the best way we can and, and try and give these guys a couple of games. I don't think we're going to be able to sign either of Slavchev or Rutinia. So you can see why you would play someone like Bannon, who we might sign, why you would play Koku, who hopefully we probably don't sign because I don't think he's actually good enough for us. But I think you can see why he's not playing him, but it's still frustrating that we can't see them on the pitch and see if they're actually any good at football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if Virginia might be, it might have been looking more towards a, a full season loan next year, something like that, that they kind of wanted to get him in and see if it would be a good fit. Possibly, possibly. That's not a bad shout, that, and just see how he settles in. Because he actually said, Lennon touched on it in this article, and the uh, Bolt needed Bolton Evening News by Mark Isles, he, he touched on the fact that he's got he's bulked up quite a bit in, in the training games. And he is obviously playing, he's, he's, he's not used to the style of football. And yeah, he might be spot on with that. That's, that's a good point I've not really thought of. And um, that's the case, great. Let's, let's see him light up the championship next year and score his 20 goals and get 20 assists. But I'm not sure it'll happen, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out, Dennis, shall we? He's quite young, though, didn't he? He just turned 18, I think. He's... I believe so. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is definitely one. You can only imagine that they're going to use him. Uh, it's Porto we've got him from, isn't it? We've got Slavchev from Sporting Lisbon, mm. um, but Porto got a hell of a team. They've got players on the bench there. I'm a bit of a sad act. I know. I know most of the European squads and what have you. And they've got players on the bench there. He used to be at Real Madrid who can't get a game and stuff. So it's a long road for him to try and get a get a game at a, at a big club like that. So maybe, maybe. We could have him for a couple of years here. You know what I mean? Like um, that would be that would be ideal if if he is a good footballer. We don't know yet. We, we'd love to know. Love to know. Well, hopefully, as you said in that article, there was talk that we'd see them soon, and I think Tuesday's match with Ipswich might actually be a good opportunity with um, it coming so quickly on the back of yesterday's. You'd think maybe a couple players need a rest. Well, Janko's injured his glute, uh, hasn't he? Uh, which is another word for arse um, in, in, in English, proper language. Um, so I think he's out. So that's one of the lone spots that taken. So maybe one of them might get a might get a shout on the bench. But Coke came on for Janko and on the bench, obviously, and then replaced mm-hmm. hands at half-time on Saturday. So I, I'm not sure we'll see either of them tomorrow. I'll, if, I, if I was a betting man, which I am, I wouldn't put any money on <laughs> seeing either of them tomorrow, uh, on Tuesday to be honest, but well, well, you never know. We'll see. I think Trotter is back now, and I don't think you need both Trotter and Coke, so that might free up that lone spot for one of them. Hopefully, hopefully so. Um, I, I didn't like, just on a bit of an aside, I didn't like the um, reaction. We were winning 2-0, Trotter came on, and there was quite a lot of people giving him a quick boo, and I, I think that's just bang out of order. Um, he's not the best player in the world, and he, he looks like he doesn't try sometimes, Trotter. But I did notice that when, I, when he came on, especially when we're 2 0 up. I mean, 
I might I might be wrong. There might not be might not have been that many, but I'm sure there were. And he's not he's not the worst player we've ever had. He's certainly not the best. But let's give him a go, shall we? Give him a try. He's our player now. We have signed him. So let's give let's get behind the lads if we can. What do you think, Dennis? Uh, I'm I've never been one to boo a whole lot. No, I've never done it. But you know, I guess it's you buy you buy your ticket, as we just talked about earlier. It's it's your yeah. right to do so. Well, maybe not if you're here for the bring a friend for a fiver. Maybe they no. can't boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyone who did boo me doesn't agree with me. Um, fair enough, you're entitled to your opinion. But uh, anyway, it's going off the topic a little bit there, isn't it, Dennis? So, uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess you wouldn't be... I guess they could have been booing the move itself, but I wouldn't say... No. I mean, Trotter gets forward. He's not a solely a defensive player. You know, it's not like bringing on Gavin McCann. It's... There is... I like Gavin McCann. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm thinking that was the uh, that yeah. was the final straw that got Megson sacked, wasn't it? When he brought on, I think he did against Hull at home, and we were two 0 up, and he brought McCann on for a strike for Klasnitz or something mad like that. Yeah. yeah, and sat back on it. I remember that. Yeah, I remember it well. The trail coming from the stand for that one, but uh, yeah, like you say, I don't think they were booing the decision because it was very late in the game. We were seeing up the game had been won. It was eighty six minutes, something like that. Um, anyway, it wasn't about booing this topic. All of a sudden, it's turned into that. So I apologise for that. But um, yeah, so um, just give him a give him a chance. I think he he had a very good game against Wigan in the FA Cup shot, and that he looked like a proper player in that game. If we see a bit more from him, like you say, we might not need to use all these loans as the uh, on the bench as they hold in midfield position because Trotter can do it and he's our actual player. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how Lennon juggles it all, won't we, in the next few weeks, Dennis? Yeah, well, I think we we spoke about it a little bit in last week's pod. You know, Trotter is a, is a role player. He has one or two things he does well and he needs to be surrounded by other players that can, can make up for his deficiencies. And Certainly. Yeah, I'd know, agree with that. 100%. Maybe if he's in there with a player like like Bannon, who can, you know, string some passes together, or Good Johnson, who is certainly creative, then maybe he can be a bit more effective. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I, I don't think we should be looking at signing anyone like Coke or anyone we've got that many. I mean, we've got to try and get rid of Mead on Spain. We've got to see if um, whoever he's gone to in Israel, and Tel Aviv or Haifa, uh, and Blackburn as well, like the try before you buy scheme, you know, hopefully we can get rid of Spearing and Mido, um, because they're, they're earning a packet. I think Mido came on a reasonable wage, and Spearing's earning probably more than, you know, Dan's, Trotter, and Feeney all put together. So we need to get rid of them too to free up some funds um, for other areas of the team, really. And if we can't, I think if we can sell Spearing, we should be able to sign Lafandre. Uh, in the summer, we really should. I don't think Cardiff are going to ask for three, four million. They only paid one point five, stroke two million for him. They can't ask for much more than a million. Um, I think Lafondre is is vital uh, to get him in next season. Yeah, I think going back to the Mito situation, that one really perplexed me. Mito was one of the players that I thought would really blossom under Lennon, that he would really come to the fore under Lennon because I think he has the ability. But for some reason, I don't know whether they had a falling out during training or Lennon just didn't rate him, but it didn't He work. didn't even seem to give him a go, did he? I think he played one cup match, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, mm, I, I think um, I think he's just too similar to... to well, he, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't like just, just to hold him in film. He chipped in with two or three goals in his career with us. Um, but he was, he, he was a very specific type of player. At first, we, me and my mate, you know, sitting next to it at the game, we, we loved him at first. We thought he was exactly what we needed. Well, then he just seemed to just lose it um, very steadily. His performance, he just sort of went downhill and never recovered. And I can see why we've we've got rid, if I'm honest. It's a shame because I, I did I did like him. I liked his character as a battler, but uh, Lennon obviously doesn't fancy having holding midfielders, and hence why Spear and Amido have been. Sort of told to get on the bike pretty pretty sharpish by him, really, with not much of a chance. Yeah, I guess so. But all right, that's enough of that. It's time to move on to our preview of the Ipswich match after this brief musical interlude. All right, we're back again, and we've got the whole crew with us. There's Chris, Dan, and Lee. 
And we're going to talk about our upcoming match against Ipswich Town. So, apparently Lee, alone among us, has done some research on our opponents for Tuesday. Lee, what can you tell us about them? Um, well, uh, yeah, I did a little bit of research. Um, they're, more importantly, um, in the form at the moment, their keeper's injured. He got stretched off on Saturday, Dean Gherkin, and they put a, a Polish lad in who's been a bit of a, a nomad called Bartosz Bielkowski. Yeah, um, I must say, Lee, sorry to interrupt, but I mean, that's going to leave him in one hell of a pickle. <laughs> oh, Gherkin. Got it, got it. <laughs> Sorry, 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 I'll be quiet now, That's a yellow card. Perfect, that's the best one of the night, that's that's what I'm here for, guys, that's pretty much all I'm here for, let's not not kid ourselves. (laughs) Can't believe I didn't get it straight away. I was thinking about Bielkowski, I thought, what's that going to do with Gherkins, apart from maybe being Polish, I I had no idea, no idea. Polish for Gherkins, Polish for (laughs) Gherkins, I'm sure. That would be a clever joke, right, anyway, uh, yeah, so, as I was saying, um, we should pepper the, this guy early doors because he's not the best. He's been dropped for Gherkin. I won't keep mentioning Gherkin's name. Um, he's been dropped for him. We should get on him early doors. They've just conceded four away at Borough. They've lost four of the last six and five of the last seven. They've really hit the rocks. Uh, we need to go there and just, just get shots away. Pepper him early doors. And if they concede one, they're starting to get on McCarthy's back, I've heard, because they were in the playoffs, aren't they? They have been all season. And... Um, you know they've started to really hit the rocks, and if we can get on the get on the crowd, get the crowd turning against the early doors, we can go there and win. We shouldn't be afraid of going to Portman Road at all. Um, what do you what do you think about that, uh, Chris? I, I agree. Um, I mean, in, in what you know, minuscule amount of research that I did before, basically involved just looking at BBC Sport to see where they were in the league. Um, I, I can see that they were in poor form themselves, and, and again. It harks back to what we said in the very first pod and what I've mentioned a few times on, on the website. Fast start against a team who's not doing so well. You, you can often get the game sewn up earlier on. We're obviously mm. going to be the away team, so we're going to be under under a bit of pressure. But if we have our our speedy players and the attack, Feeney, Lafondra, etc., I, I think we should be able to, to come away with, with a result. I mean, if you offered me a point now, I would, I would snap your hand off. But, you know, hand on heart, I think we can go and win this. I think it'll be tight. 1-0, 2-1, something like that with uh, with probably Lafondra to continue his good form. Uh, and I'll go with a, with a bit of a, a left-field one with uh, Tim Ream to score his first goal for Bolton as the winner. Uh, Dan, if he does, Dan. But first of all, if Tim Ream scores his first goal for Bolton and it's in Ipswich and I don't see it, I'm never going to Lafondra's match again because that was the end of me. OK, Tim, you know what to do, mate. You know what to do. <laughs> Honestly, I will cry my eyes out. But secondly, I, see, I don't think we have a very... Off the top of my head, we don't have a very good record in Ipswich. I'm pretty sure we drew we draw them at home most of the time, and away we always end up losing one nil. Yeah, and I, know, I thought one nil. Yeah, yeah, and I know. I think McGoldrick's coming back soon. I'm not certain. I've never seen a tweet about him. I'm not certain though. And Daryl Murphy's the top goal scorer in the league, is he not? May well be. May well. So be. I'd I'd worry a big big strong striker like him against a relatively shaky defence as ours. I am worried, and I. Personally, I can't see us. I could see maybe a scrape in a nil nil or something, but I think we'll end up losing the game one nil. To be honest with you, what's your prediction, Lee? Um, I've just said we shouldn't be afraid of going over there, but we probably will be, and we'll probably get tanked four one again. But I think we we can go there and get a draw. I don't th- I don't think we'll win. Um, the the main the main bits to their bad form have been away. The home form is still fairly steady. I think they drew one all home to Brentford last home game. Um, I'll I'll go for a I'll go for a two all. I think it might be more like lowest scoring, but I'll go for two all, and I'd be happy with that. Um, you never know, though, do you? You never know with us. Let's, Could be anything. Let's, Could be anything. Um, let, let's just add a little bit of an extra point to it. Let's have a prediction as to how many away tickets we've sold for this. I'm going to go with sixty five. <laughs> as of Blackburn on Tuesday, I talked to a guy, and twenty five had been sold. That was off well, Wednesday even, so that was 25 then. So by now, I reckon I'll go with 46. Man, right. Well, I went, I went to, sorry, I went on holiday to Ipswich once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> holiday. Um, and it's a long bloody way. So uh, I, won't, I won't be going. I won't be able to get off work at 12 o'clock to go down. So 53? No, maybe a bit more. 83. 83 I'll go with. Are we, ever, are we actually going to find the answer out for this though? No, what will probably happen is that we'll, next time we discuss it, I'll, I'll pretend that I've done some more research and, uh, 
And actually, yeah. I'll probably just come up with a figure that's very close to what I said so that I end up looking like I know what I'm talking about, which uh, which covers most scenarios, to be honest. That's fine with me, Chris. Fine with me. Maybe some of our listeners will uh, fact-check us when the pod comes out. We can only hope. Dennis, that sounds like you're volunteering for that very job, so well done. You can let us know on it. I said some of our listeners. Are you not listening? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Anyone who goes to Ipswich, can you count everyone around you and then text us the uh, – sorry, tweet us. Uh, tweet us the answer. That's that's your job if you're going to Ipswich, anyone. If yeah, anybody send, out send, there. send a tweet to uh, to Liner Vienna Suite or, or text Lee. He's going to give his mobile number out at the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, I think, um, I've got it here. Oh seven five. No, no. <laughs> I think the away form is so atrocious, and Lennon basically admitted in an interview this past week that he's really not sure what to do about it. He's trying different things, but um, you know, I think we'll be lucky to scrape a draw. Yeah. I can see him going physical against them, so I imagine Craig Davis will start again. Or Heskett, he'll put Coke in. He's gonna go. He's gonna try and be strong against them, like he did against Blackburn. Obviously, it didn't work. But he, I think Bannon might drop out again. I think um, Walker will probably drop out. He'll probably take the, the, more, the more slight players out and go more physical against Ipswich. But, yeah, yeah there's physical side. From, from somebody with Mick McCarthy's team, it's gonna have to. It's gonna be a physical contest. So I, I fully agree. I, I do expect Davis to start. But I, I would I would have Lafondra and Feeney probably either side as a support players because Walker, as skillful as he was, he, he wasn't necessarily the quickest. And I think, like I said at the start, on the counter attack, I think pace is crucial. Lafondra, Feeney playing that either side of Davies as an attacking three, or you know also dropping back as a four five one. Perhaps I think that could work. Yeah. Chris, what about putting Rob Paul on? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it depends. It depends if he's got any money on it, switch to win, I guess, and, and he might be yeah. motivated that way. I've I've heard he's a big fan of it, which time. But then, I don't want to fall out with every single member of the squad. So maybe maybe we'll say uh, Hall Hall to come on as a sub and hopefully score the winning goal. Score the winner. That'd up. be lovely. Show he us, had show on us the all bench. his uh, his, Bol- his Baltimore just tattoo on his arm. He had Hall on the bench for uh, the Millwall match. He I has. Think. Yeah, he's been on the bench the last couple I of think- games. I think that was Lennon wanting to uh, to play with us a little bit following uh, following Twitter Gate last week. No, I think I think Lennon's going to give Hall one more chance before he makes a final decision this summer. So I think we'll see Hall before the end of the season. I'm yeah, starting well, starting a couple matches, coming off the bench yeah. a few times. If we're going to be uh, realistic about the situation, we're, we're maybe trying to play an attacking three then. And of course, him being a natural natural left footer, he could play left or right in that formation. Feeney, Feeney able to switch as well. Strength on the counter attack is always important. So, all joking aside, yeah, I can see Hall uh, coming into it at some point. But hopefully, that's when we're three 0 up and uh, ten minutes to go. <laughs> he hasn't actually um, played. Hall hasn't actually. Sorry, Lennon hasn't actually played that formation like a, a four three three yet. As he? he's always gone. Three at the back or four four two. So yeah, it'd be he's a fan of the diamond. That works. Yeah, yeah, he's a fan of the diamond. I just think that, uh, especially away from home, I, I think a counter attacking uh, style is going to suit us because obviously we can't so we can't soak up pressure too well. And so if we can at least make sure that our our attacks in the opposite direction are, are as strong as they can be, then it'll uh, it'll stand us in good stead. Hundred mm, percent. Yeah. All right, so maybe a little bit of guarded optimism ahead of Ipswich, but not a whole lot of it. Yeah, All I right. completely deserve the right to, uh, to to withdraw those comments if you lose 5-0. <laughs> and that's it for our Ipswich preview, and we'll be back in just a moment with our final segment where we hear from you, the listeners and readers of Lion of Vienna Suite. All right, everybody, and now it's the final segment of the Love Pod, where we get to hear from our wonderful readers and listeners out in the Lion of Vienna Suite universe. So, earlier this week, Dan tweeted out a question for you all, and now he's got some responses. Mr. Murphy? Hello, everyone. The question this week was, obviously, a big summer's ahead of us with who should let it bring in and who should they get rid of. So the question we posed to you there was, um... Can they give us three players you want to see leave in the summer and three players you'd like to us to sign? And kicking things off was at BWFC Goals with out you'd like to see Beckford, Trotter and Andrews out, and then in Lafondra, Bannon and a decent right back. 
Next was at Matt. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. At Matt Magliozzi, I think, said Hall McNaughton, even though he's going anyway, and Trotter out with signing Amos Lafondra and Lee Nugent from New England Revolution. I don't know. Too much football <laughs> manager for that guy, I think. Never heard of him. Possibly. Matt, I'll check on FIFA and come back to you next week, lad. <laughs> at Danny Jacko 27 says, out Beckford, Tierney and Andrews in Bannon, Wood and Gunter. At Luke underscore Wanderers says, bring in Gunter, Luar Luar. I think he needs one from Brighton and Chris Wood. Out would be Beckford, Spearing and Moxie. At X Jerdex says, out Mills, Spearing, Feeney in Lafondra, McCarthy and Bannon. Honourable mention for Dukovitz, which I'm sure there's lots of. At that Rory guy says out Hall Trotter, one of the left backs, either Tierney or Moxie. I think only one of those should be going really. And in Lafondra, Alex Bruce and James Forrest. Alex Bruce? Yeah, I, that was my reaction too. Um, <laughs> a little harsh of them to be uh, sending Tierney out. I mean, he's probably going to have to retire, right? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, very harsh. So, uh, if you don't mind me interrupting that, I'm just quickly nipping okay. through my Facebook messages. I got a message about uh, Tierney a couple of days ago just elaborating on the topic. It turns out, or so I'm told, uh, and I claim no uh, no uh, real source on this apart from somebody who, who, who is fairly close to the club, that, uh, that, that the problem with Tierney apparently is that he he's obviously going to get some sort of payout because he has to retire. But... The, 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 the sort of trouble emerges in that you then have a certain period where if you start playing again, you have to pay back all the compensation that you receive. Basically, his insurance policy for his football career will pay out on him having to retire through injury. And so the sticking point over the announcing of the retirement officially is the period of time that has to elapse before he can come back, if he thinks he can mm. come back. And apparently, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know about that as well. Um, well, I'm, guy well called... it's a two-year, it's a two-year period, and obviously he wants mm. to try and reduce that because obviously he, he might right. be considered coming back. But that's just a, that's just a bit of extra information on that guy. It's a yeah. real shame. He looked a good player. When he, first <laughs> he did. Very much um, so. Yeah. At the Matthew Pryor and a few others want Amos Bannon and Lafondra to come in in the summer. No doubt. I say loads of people do. As does Vital at Vital Bolton, who wants Lafondra in. Billy Waters, who I'm told is a Crew Alexandria young youth player, and Maynard Figueroa. He'd also out. He'd like to see Trotter Hall and Mills. <coughs> Pardon me. Then at Tom Robertson nine nine oh five wants Bearing Meadow and Lonigan out. Amos Scammell and the Duke in. And finally, at, yeah, from Huddersfield. Then at yeah. Luke underscore Wanderers again. All free agents end of season. Then he says, Sammy Amiobi in capital letters, Knockhart in capital letters, and Gunter in capital letters. And that is everything from the fan interaction this week. Lee, who would you like to see us bring in and leave in the summer? I don't know. Is, are they all collaborating on Gunter? Why are we signing Gunter so many? Why are so many people saying Gunter? Anyway, there's a right sharing him or something. <laughs> That's a strange one. There's so many... Shouts for Gunter. Um, I've said, I, I, to be honest, when I when I actually replied to it, I, I wasn't really. I was just thinking of. Um, I said DeAndre Yedlin from from Spurs. I don't know if any of you out there know who he is. He, yeah, the American ridiculously guy. Quick, ridiculously quick. He's about he's quicker than Bolt. He looked like over uh, over ten yards and um, well, over thirty yards. He looks rapid, but he's signed for Spurs. He's there now, uh, but they've got Kyle Walker. But I've said to I said before. Walker had a shocker at Old Trafford today, so I don't think Spurs will let him go out. And I think, to be honest, he'll go to a lower Prem club. Um, so that's I just talk rubbish with that one, basically. But I think we need to get rid of Mido and spare him. Uh, high, high wage earners, Lennon doesn't fancy him. Let's hope that, you know, as I said before in the podcast, that both clubs like the try before you buy system and, and they do sign them, uh, Spearing and Mido. And, um, and we need to probably get, get signed, you know, like I say, it's pretty pretty much a no brainer with Bannon, Lafondry and, and Amos as well. Yeah, what do you what do you think, Dan? Saying I'd love to get all the law players in, but I don't know how how possible what the possibility of that is. 
side that looking through the suggestions I'd, I'd actually do quite like Gunter and I think he'd be a good sign if we could but I doubt it but apart from that I don't really know to be honest with you. I'm just excited to see what Lennon does in the summer for himself and as you say we see get all the deadwood out in the summer don't we yeah. What do you reckon? What do you reckon, Chris? Mm, well, I'm going to try not to cover the same sort of ground, just because uh, obviously I listen to podcasts all the time. If everyone's in total agreement, it's dead boring. So I thought it's something a bit different. I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice two important players and one maybe less important player. The first important player I'm going to sacrifice uh, is going to be Reem, uh, and I like Reem. I like Reem a lot, but rebuilding rebuilding doesn't come for free. So you're going to have to sacrifice one. Maybe two top players. So I like Reem a lot. I think he's got a lot of uh, a lot of positive aspects. But I think left backs are left backs. It's the yeah, it's the position that I maybe have least respect for in the football world. So let's sack Reem off, sell him for five million quid to West Brom, and we can buy three players with that money. Second player I'm going to sack off, who's again proven to be quite an important player this year. Um, but I think we could do without is Lonergan. Um, I think Lonergan's had a great great six months in in, in the nets, obviously replacing Bogdan. But throughout his career, he's only ever been a first division goalkeeper, and I don't think we're going to—he's—I don't think he's going to improve basically. And I think that uh, with Amos obviously at this minute in time and Bogdan as well, even if both of those players are leaving the club, I think three good goalkeepers is, is one too many. So I'm going to sacrifice Lonergan. Uh, the third player I'm going to sacrifice—oh crikey! I'm going to say Craig Davis, uh, and again I say that with respect to Craig Davis. I, I like him. I think he's got a lot to offer, but I just think he's in too important a position. Uh, to be as, as as wasteful as he is in front of goal and um, injury prone, and injury prone as well. So so yeah, so they're, they're my three. My, my three to bring in. Uh, first one, I'm going to say Good Johnson. Um, a bit of a cheat, but I'm going to say Good Johnson. I think he, he, I already said tonight, he's, what he can bring to the club is something that other players can't. But I think it's important he stays. Uh, the second one I'm going to suggest is someone that I've been wanting us to sign for the donkey's years, and that's David Nugent. Um, I've always liked Dave Newton ever since I saw him playing for, for Berry and for Preston in the, in the old days. I mean, just having a quick Wikipedia of his stats in the last last three years, scored over fifty goals over three seasons playing for Western Championship. I know, I know, there's every single every chance they're going to be back in the Championship next year. But I just think at thirty year old, he might fancy a move back up north. And so Dave Newton's going to be my number two. Uh, my number three is quite a straightforward one. It's Ben Amos. Um, don't care. He's come from United. I'm really impressed with him. He's got the command of the kind of the box. He likes to shout as well, which obviously uh, leaves Lennon free to shout at people who need shouting at. Um, and like I said, more, more important than anything else, uh, he's got red hair, and I can't I can't ignore that. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Good Johnson, Amos, and Dave Nugent, Matthew. Thanks very much. All right. Well, I must say I'm surprised how many people wanted to uh, get rid of Matt Mills. I think he's been he's been fairly solid for the most part. I thought part. about saying Mills, Dennis. I must confess, I thought about saying Mills, but Lennon's obviously got a bit of a, a a bit of a soft spot for him, and so I, as much as I think Mills blows hot and cold, I can see Lennon keeping him on as his as his skipper. I must say, Dennis. Mm, yeah, and I I must say I like I've always had a maybe the same as Lennon. I've always had a weak spot for uh, goal scoring center halves. You know the. The Gary Cahills of the world sure. that'll get you five, six goals a season as well. Yeah. Mills seems to do that. Well, when we don't yeah. have strikers scoring, to spread the goals around the team is important. And the midfield don't tend to add too many, especially with fluff out of the picture. So, yeah, if defenders can do it, then, then another reason to keep them along. And I, I still think one of the best individual performances of the season was Mills playing on the right side of the front line against Liverpool. Against Liverpool, yeah. was just a great individual performance. Well, he was better than Heskey anyway. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he did well there, to be fair to him. As a centre-back, you can't really argue, can you? Yeah. All right, yeah, fair you, enough. Yeah, wicked, great stuff. Well, I think that does it for today. Again, that's... Uh, We've been here with Chris Manning. Chris, you want to give everybody your Twitter handle? Uh, yeah, if you don't know it, don't bother looking for it. So if you don't know it, thanks for following. If, if you do know it, say say hello. Don't say hello. I don't really mind. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, seriously, no, no, no. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. At 19, Manning 83. All right. Also, we've had Dan Murphy. Tell the people where they can find you, Dan. 
you can find me over at Mabrowski and come and say hello. I don't bite. And making his pod debut today was Lee Tennant. Hi there. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to be a bit friendlier than Chris and say, you know, yeah, give me a tweet if you want to. It's uh, at, a bit embarrassingly, at Trotter Tenzo, which is the Tenzo bit spelt T-E-N-Z-O. And I'm quite embarrassed. That's my nickname, but there we go. Well, go on, then. So tell, us, tell, us why, tell us why. Why is it Tenzo? You can't say it half just my story like just that. Just my surname. Uh, just my surname with ZO and like ten and short and it's a bit bit sort of amateurish, isn't it? But there we go. That's my Twitter handle. There we go. And I'm Dennis Chase. You can find me on Twitter at Dennis R Chase. And you can of course find all of us on the Lion of Vienna Suite blog on the SB Nation Network. Thank you everybody. Come on, you white men, and we'll see you again next week. Good night. Good night. See you later. Oh, dear mother. <laughs>